0: Up from the SNY studios in New York City, I would love to say welcome to another edition of the Knicks Blog Podcast. Which I will say because it is technically another edition of the Knicks Blog Podcast, but it is also the last edition of the Knicks Blog Podcast. I'm Anthony Donnie, who joined alongside, as always with Moke Hamilton. Moke, what's up?
1: What's going on, brother? Knee deep in these NBA playoffs, man. Obviously, the Knicks not in it.
0: Yeah, I know. You know still, what I mean? But still
1: definitely some exciting basketball that we've been
0: four, four years ago today, on this date, the Knicks played game one versus the Celtics at the Garden. <laughs> it feels like a lot longer than that, It feels like right? a lifetime ago. It yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. And since then, you know, the Knicks have not really been that good. Four years ago on this day? Yeah, I actually didn't know that until I woke up and I saw, like, my Facebook on this day. And I was really happy that day. Yeah, and I remember, so the, the, I guess game, so
1: Ray Allen, I remember on Easter Sunday, maybe I'm getting that the That was years 2011. Years. Yeah. I was at the game with my sister I, I, in Boston. I remember Brandon.
0: 2011. I remember Brandon
1: Tierney had a, had a great joke, man, your boy BT. He was like, Easter Sunday, jesus rose <laughs> yeah.
0: and i remember after the game that was when lawrence frank was like guarding Mello when he was bringing the ball. remember that <laughs> yes, yes and actually bring up brandon Tierney after that game and we were all fired up and i remember checking twitter i was leaving the boston garden and brandon's like i'm gonna call the league I'm like, <laughs> I'm calling the league. Um, David Stern, Brandon Tierney, you know, that was funny. We were all just so mad, that play. Those were the good old days, right, when the Knicks used to be in the yeah. playoffs, right? Kevin Garnett kicks Tony Douglas round. It's a wide-open three. Oh, man. Uh, just, just a horrible ending. The Knicks make the playoffs the next year, losing to, lose, lose to the Heat in five. Next year, in the second round. And when the Knicks lost to the Pacers in game six of the 2013 second round, Mo. When I finally got over it, about a month later, I said to myself, you know what, Moke? Things it, are looking At least up. we're building something. Yep. So maybe next yep. year in the yep. conference yep. finals, a move here and there. Maybe we're riding down Broadway in 2016. And that Saturday night, Game 6, 2013 versus the Pacers, was the last time Knicks fans have enjoyed their team in the playoffs.
1: That's actually a great segue into Carmelo, right? Because now it seems as though, obviously, if Phil Jackson has his way based on what he said, like Carmelo is out of here. And we both were hearing different things over the course of trade season. Oh, oh, of course. We have different people that we speak with, right? Carmelo, in all likelihood, has played his last game. It's yeah, most New York likely. Game. Who would have thought, who would have thought that when Roy Hibbert was throwing that dunk back in Carmelo Anthony's face that that would have been Carmelo's legacy play as a member of the New York Knicks?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, he's had a lot of great moments. And I thought, I thought he still thought he should have been the MVP in the 2012-2013 season. But, yeah, I know what, like I said, I thought we were building something. It's by no means all Melo's fault. It's not Melo's fault that, you know, the next year Iman Shumpert was trashed. J.R. Smith didn't get surgery until July, get suspended, or acquired Andrea Bargnani. That's not all Carmelo Anthony's fault. It's not his, you know, but and I just never would have thought that. And now here we are. And think about how much different history would have been, Moak, if that season, if you remember November of 2013, the Knicks lost about five or six games. I remember if it was the Pacers, the Rockets, a bunch, in Houston even, at the, in the last seconds, right? If the Knicks win a few of those games, they're a playoff team that year because they missed the, play, missed the playoffs by one game. I always wonder if it was say mid-February, early January that year, and let's say the Knicks were around 500, even though that still wouldn't have it still have been a letdown from the year before, would Mr. Dolan have gone after Phil Jackson? Remember, the Knicks at one point that year were about 18 games under 500. There was going to be a protest outside the Garden if the Knicks are even teetering around 500. They're always that means. What does that mean? You're a five five-game win streak away from getting five games over. If they were playing average, even average, hey, would Phil Jackson even Listen, be here right forget now? About it, Aunt. Forget about it, and Forget about all that. Just making ballroom conversation. Hey,
1: man, look. It's got, a fair question. It's a very fair question. But What do you think?
0: Just give me an answer. What?
1: what do you think? I don't know, and I don't care. Okay. We got to move on. We do, and here Phil, we are. Phil is here. In, in short order, Carmelo is not going to be here. You so know what I mean? There like, was a... Stop. We got we to gotta okay, stop, so let's talk stop about, torturing yourself right, thinking so about that stuff, let's talk about the stuff, present man. time.
0: Phil Jackson is here. To me, he, yeah, he's done a few good things. Porzingis, we think he's going to be great. Willie Hernan Gomez, Billy Hernan Gomez, he might be really good. We don't know yet, but, you know, he's done a few good things. Every awful GM has done a few good things. But right now, the way he's running the Knicks, it's almost 2006 to 2007-ish-like. It's kind of like, and even though Isaiah didn't always do it on purpose either, It's like a three-ring circus right now at the Knicks, and Phil Jackson is causing that.
1: Okay, so he goes about six months without saying anything to anybody, right? And then he decides to call his little press conference after the season is over. And then he goes out there now,
0: and he decides to effectively throw Carmelo Anthony. And throw everybody under the bus, even. Well, especially How about the season went awry, went went away? Awry. (laughs) Awry. According to Phil, the season went awry when he went back to L.A. You're not the coach! So so it it was it was everybody but him.
1: Listen, man. I never heard a team president or general manager or executive of any kind come out in front of the media and say, well, you know what, my star player might be better off elsewhere. We told him to go chase a championship. I've never seen that. That's cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. It is cold-blooded. And what I did not appreciate most about Phil Jackson's comments, and I actually said this uh, on ESPN New York this past weekend with Anita Marks, what I did not appreciate most about Phil's comments was he came out there and he tried to make it seem as though all of the storylines and everything that the media was talking about, about, you know, Phil called Carmelo a ball hog. And the whole Kevin Ding
0: situation. And then he goes, "Well, he does stop the ball. Well, he no. Here's the thing,
1: ball. though. In the press conference, Phil tried to make it seem like that was all media-driven right. conjecture. Yeah. Oh, the media is the one that looked. at Listen, if Phil Jackson wants to keep the the communication gates open with Carmelo Anthony, he can go to talk to Carmelo personally. Right." We know that Phil wasn't doing that until the media was making a big deal out of his comments. Now, the other thing was Phil was trying to say the comments that he made were blown out of proportion by the media. Well, guess what? If you don't talk to your media for five or six months at a time, and you go out there and you put out 140, 150-character tweets, it's easy for stuff to get lost in translation. and
0: and if people, let's just say people were blown out of proportion,
1: call a press conference. Exactly. Phil can go talk to the media whenever he wants. The The Madison Square Garden, they happen to own a newspaper. It's called Newsday.
0: To an exclusive of Newsday.
1: They happen to own a television network. MSG Network. They got Al Troutwig. they got Alan Hahn, they got Wally Zerbiak. Phil could have called... Bill Pito? He could have sat down with any one of those legendary television announcers and cleared his mind yes he chose not to do that chose to he stay, chose... stay silent exactly and he destroyed this thing with carmelo anthony so for him now to come out in front of the media and try to make it seem like the media are the ones that drove this wedge between them I, I took exception to that. I, I lost respect for Phil Jackson for going about his business that way. So
0: there was so many... I mean, Phil spoke for about 45 minutes. There was another thing that he said that really caught my eye. Like I said, you think Phil's an overrated coach or not, that's another conversation. That's a conversation for another day. I can't take away for what Phil did he as a coach. got me fired up over here. I got to take, take a drink of some no, water, t- man. T- take that drink. And so... So Phil is not the coach. He is the president of basketball operations. You know, Steve Mills is the GM, but Phil makes the final say when it comes to trades, free agents, draft picks. So Phil had a couple, I don't know if you noticed this during the press conference, because there's so many things he said that were just ridiculous. He talked about how he would stop practice and also film room sessions. When do executives do that? Right when he said that, I texted a friend of mine, Fifteen-year NBA veteran and said, "Does G, do GMs GMs presence ever do that?" He said never. They sit in practice and watch. They they might even be in the film room and watch, but they don't stop it. Now that said, Phil is a coach, so it's such and I said this from the day we got him, it's such a weird dynamic unless he was going to coach, because. Okay, Phil is one of the best coaches of all time, but Derek Fisher's the coach. Jeff Hornacek's the coach. So now you're stopping well, practice well, from you, the sideline. You got to do this with it's, your fingers. Yeah. And say he's the coach. So it's quote it's, it's such a bizarre situation. And I know he's got the hip problem and stuff, but if you want this offense run to this certain defense run or this certain pick set, man, coach the damn team. Yeah, Jeff Hornacek. You right feel me now, on that? Oh, 100 percent,
1: hundred percent, man. I got I got love for you. You on know? That. I'm with and you. And that would actually get me excited. That would actually get me excited. Coach the team. Well, so Jeff Hornacek now has been sort of uh, dev- devolved into a puppet. The comments that Brandon Jennings made about how things were running when he was a member of the team here, and now Phil Jackson basically. How they're always, always confused. Yeah. Was wording. They yeah. Were confused. And now Phil basically coming out and letting everybody know how, how much his fingerprints are on this team. It makes Jeff Hornacek look really, really bad. And it makes Jeff Hornacek look even worse when you sit down and consider the fact that in Phoenix, how did how did his team play? It, it
0: played well the first
1: year. No, but I mean like in terms of offensive oh, system. Pushing the basketball,
0: getting out on the break, you running know what the I mean? court. They played a lot of three guard set right. with young Zeke, Drogic, and Eric Bledsoe. So they're not playing the way he wants to play. And one thing I always say with the Knicks, man, the last, especially the last 15, 16 years, anything is possible, nothing will surprise me. Like, do I think Hornacek is going to quit tomorrow? No, probably not. But just anything, nothing is going to surprise me what happens. And the Knicks have a weird, they have some, a lot of weird optics moving forward. Okay. A lot of free agents are looking at this like, yeah, if, 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 for the sake of conversation, you offer Drew Holiday a max deal, he's probably going to take it. But a lot of guys looking at the Knicks right now like, I'm not going to play for Phil Jackson. Scott, the way he's... Tra- Listen, if you want Carmelo out, that's fine. Everybody has the right to... Every general manager present has a right to move a player. But the way he's handling it is absolutely off. I remember, like, when uh, the- December 06, Allen Iverson said he wanted out of Philly. And I think it was, like, Billy King held a press conference, and he was like, Allen wants out. We're going to do our best to accommodate him. He handled it very professionally. Now, Melo's never come out. and said he wanted to be traded. So- not publicly. Not publicly. So... According to Phil, he did say that behind closed doors. So it's just, it's it's a very, and then Phil will say, go chase a championship. So the bottom line is, Phil has a right to want Melo to leave, but he, he doesn't have a right to handle it like that. And other players see that, and they're going to be like, wait, I'm not playing for this guy. And remember when the Knicks first got Phil Jackson, the big talk was on Twitter, on Facebook, in the streets, in the bars, at the barbershops was, just wait until Phil Jackson gets in front of free agents. He's just gonna sit there, cross his legs, get out a bong, throw his rings on the table, and people are just gonna come for free. And that has not happened. Clearly has not happened. So let's let's
1: let's talk about what's gonna happen. Let's let's look ahead now. Well, I
0: don't know, you tell
1: me. All right, well, <laughs> do you agree that Carmelo has in all likelihood played this last game as a member? 90% of New York? sure. We're, we're, where do you think makes sense for Carmelo to Clippers. go? Clippers. Now, <laughs> just like that, is it? Clippers. All right. Because where we sit right now, it's pretty obvious. And it's funny, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Chris Taps Porzingis as well. Who's that? Chris Tapps Porzingis. I heard he missed the meeting. <laughs> right, as, far as, as far as Carmelo is concerned, you said that the Clippers make sense for Carmelo Anthony. Do you have any other situations or cities that you think might make sense? Oh, of course. Basketball-wise, absolutely. Yeah. Basketball-wise. Boston. Boston. Just
0: watch them play right now. You know, thoughts and prayers to Isaiah Thomas for everything he's going through. Watch them play right now. Obviously, the team is dealing with a lot. If there's one thing they need, yeah, they haven't rebounded great, they haven't played their best defense, is another scorer. So Boston, basketball-wise, makes a ton of sense. Okay. I think you wrote an article about a team that may work, too. Uh, And I agree with you. I'm talking about Portland? Yeah. I'm going to set
1: you up for that. Well, when I look, I appreciate the assistance. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When When I look at it, I see six situations that I think could all make sense for Carmelo Anthony. On a, on a basketball level. Now, without one thing that I think is very interesting, without getting too much into the man's personal business, because that's not why I'm here. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to talk about Carmelo Anthony's personal e- business. Either am I. But what I will say about that is what's very funny is when you would throw certain scenarios out and say, oh, well, you know what? Carmelo might look good in Oklahoma City next to Russell Westbrook. Oh, you know what? Carmelo might look good in Cleveland next to LeBron. He might look good in Portland, which is a team that I've been all over for, for a little yeah. while now. People would say, oh, well, because of certain people involved in his personal life, he might not want to go play basketball in Correct. that city. That might not be a big hindrance anymore, Ant. I think I, you, you know what I'm saying.
0: I, I do, but here's why it could be though. If, again, we're not going to get into his personal life, but the stories are out there. He, one thing, And this, 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 this I would say, rega- you think he might not want to go too far
1: away from New York? He might not
0: want to go too far. And I would okay. say this regardless That's of the fair. stories out because his son is in New York. That's fair. He's talked about that publicly. So I'm not yes. saying that he yes. is not yes. talked yes. about. Yes. So even if he is, you know, single, he might not want, and he has the power. He's one of three NBA players with this power. So he might not want to leave now just because he doesn't want to leave his son. And you know what? He has that power. He definitely Phil does. Phil
1: Jackson gave him that. He definitely does. So, so let me just dig into these six scenarios just real quick. Portland. Portland makes so much sense. They're the only team in the 2017 draft that has three first-round picks. Okay? They got Damian Lillard. They got C.J. McCollum. Young guys who clearly need an established veteran, present, superstar to get themselves to the next he level.
0: He would be a nice fit for Portland.
1: Listen, they got a lot of pieces that could send back to the Knicks that would make a lot of sense. The Cavaliers would make a lot of sense if, for some reason, they don't get to the finals. If they don't get to the finals, they might be looking to do something drastic there in Cleveland. So if you're a Knicks fan, if you need any more reason to root against LeBron, that would be the reason, all right? The Clippers, it's very obvious. I don't even need to talk about the Clippers. Everyone knows why it would make sense. If you've watched the Thunder you see that that situation makes a lot of sense. Do they
0: need well. another person to score? I, they, <laughs> Russell
1: Westbrook might need another guy that could score just the Just a little bit. Maybe 10 maybe, points. 10 maybe. points, maybe. Boston, again, same exact situation. Right now, so we just heard recently that Rajon Rondo is going to be out, quote-unquote, indefinitely with a broken thumb. Had it not been for that, it looks like curtains for the Celtics right now against the 8th seeded Bulls. The Celtics need another but piece. But you still can't. You
0: still can go against Dwayne Wade, though. Still can't. But it looks. I think Boston's gonna win Game Three, regardless. But we'll get into that. a in All little right. Bit. Fair we'll enough. Get into that a little bit.
1: Miami is a team that a couple of people are throwing out there. I don't really think that Miami would make a lot of sense from a basketball standpoint. But again, they do have things they could send to the Knicks. They got Pat Riley, and they do happen to have some. I don't Beach, think. I just so.
0: so many so many deals over the years in the NBA, moker are based upon relationships. Like, you know, the one that always comes to mind is um, you know, Kevin, this, Garnett. Kevin Garnett, you know, Danny Ainge. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Pat Riley and Phil Jackson, I don't think they like each other at all. I don't see Pat Riley doing Phil Jackson any damn favor.
1: Well, do you think it would be Pat Riley <laughs> doing a favor to Phil Jackson, or do you think it would be Phil doing well, a I favor guess, to I Pat Riley?
0: If it, well, I guess if Phil, I guess if Pat thought he was winning the deal, I guess you really can't. Answer who won the deal until a year later, two years later, six months later. Is like, listen,
1: Pat Riley wouldn't be doing Phil Jackson no favor by by quote unquote accepting Carmelo Anthony.
0: No, Melo's F- still really F- good.
1: Exactly. So I don't I don't I, I, I agree with you. the The major point I agree with you, but I don't think that Phil trading him to Miami would be a favor to Pat See, Riley. See,
0: one thing Phil would and obviously listen, Melo's been in the league now 100 years. You know what he does. You know what he's great at. You know what he's not great at. But So if you're trading for Melo, you kind of know what he is anyway, for better or for worse. But the one thing Phil didn't really exactly do for Carmelo Anthony was hype up his trade value. I mean, he, he I mean he talked about him like he was just an average player. And, you know, it, it was just, like I said, the whole thing was very bizarre. But again, if you're trading for Carmelo Anthony for better or for worse, you know what you're getting. So I don't think, you're, but, but he did devalue his trade value. So now teams are probably like... Yo, you see the way this guy talked about him? Maybe I could get Carmelo for a couple, a bag of balls or something, as opposed to <laughs> maybe giving up a really good player. Even though Phil Jackson said in the press conference, he's you hoping... You're going to trade him for a bag of balls? Well, he's not. Obviously, he's <laughs> worth much more. But because of the way Phil Jackson devalued him so much, oh, I know. A, a team might say, it just hey, maybe I don't have to give up this good player. Maybe I can give away a second-round pick and two role players as opposed to giving up that one really good player in the first round. Pick. Well, Phil, Phil himself, though, said that he's not
1: just going to give Carmelo away. So, it, it, so it he be... says
0: all that bashing him, but then he's like, oh, I'm not just going to give him
1: away. Yeah. Come on, man. So, so gun to your head right now, one team, not the Knicks. You think he's going to be with the Clippers next season?
0: Yeah, but we got to see what happens to the Clippers in the first round and what they do moving forward. That would be the reason why he may not go there. Well, it'll be it'll be
1: it'll be good to see, man. Because if the Clippers get bounced out in the first round, you know they got a lot of free agents. They got Blake, Chris Paul, and J.J. Redick, yeah. each of whom are going to be free agents this summer. It, it, it might cost Steve Ballmer four hundred mil, four hundred fifty million dollars to be signed for. three not, guys. T- And
0: I am not. I'm telling this isn't a hot take or anything like that. I am not ruling out the possibility of him being an orange or blue on opening night. Really? I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying it's you know. Give me but, a percent chance. Like a bad baseball player getting a hit. Give me a percent chance. 20 percent 20 percent so if you're batting 200 in baseball i think jose reyes is doing that right now
1: that would be a disaster
0: yeah if carmelo anthony I think it, to let, he, it would be a disaster you so bring it into next season he might not want to let phil run him out of town could you imagine i mean imagine he's like i am not letting him run me out of town especially with the way phil handled that press conference i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm saying it's possible that would be an
1: absolute positively <laughs> big humongous disgusting disaster <laughs> speaking of disasters Porzingis decided that he didn't want to meet with his
0: bosses. And did you notice... What you think about that? Well, obviously, he had, when Phil was talking, and I don't know if you were listening, obviously, you heard the whole press conference by now, I was listening live. I'm not sure if you were listening live or not. So I'm listening live, and one thing that I noticed, obviously, unless you're LeBron James, maybe, I guess Steph Curry, and a few others, no one's really untradeable, and I understand that. But it was a little bizarre when a reporter asked Phil Jackson if Kristaps Porzingis, was untouchable, and Phil Jackson was basically like, hey, everything's on the table. You, it would be nice to give the young kids some confidence to be like, you know, he's our building block, you know, we're looking forward to the future with him. But that was after Phil already knew, knew that he skipped the exit meetings. Now, we didn't know yet. We didn't know ah. until that night or the next day that he skipped the exit meetings. Thing first reported by Ian Bagley from ESPN New York. So KP skips the exit meetings. And, I, I mean, was that the wrong thing to do? Yes, it was. What he should have did was go into the exit meetings and say, I want to see change. I don't like the way you treat my boy Carmelo, and I want to win. I'm sick of losing. He yep. shouldn't have skipped it. But by doing it, it did send a message to Phil like, yo, what are you doing here, bro?
1: So first of all, this is why in New York, this is why you can't anoint people prematurely. 100%. Let me tell you something. Chris Taps Porzingis is a, is a, nice, is a nice young player. Yes. He ain't no Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, he's not. You know what I'm saying? He's a good player. He ain't no Greek freak. Chris taps Porzingis. I'm sorry, Ant. He has done absolutely nothing. Oh, I agree. Was
0: wrong. He has I agree, done
1: nothing. He should have went in there and spoke to him. To merit him feeling like he got the stones or or, or the right to walk out on the New York Knicks organization. That's fair. Chris Tapps should have gone into that meeting. He should have said his piece. He should have had Carmelo's back if that's what he wanted to do. But to skip out on the meeting, I got a big, big problem with that because this guy hasn't done anything. That's fair. He does not have the authority or the right to make such a decision. So I was very disappointed in Chris Tapp's for that.
0: No, that, that and that, and that's fair. And that, he should have went there. And also there's been talk, there's, there's been rumors that the Knicks do not want him to play in the, Olymp- in the for Latvia this summer. But Chris Tapps Porzingis is holding a press conference, I believe, Monday in Latvia. That he will play for the latvian national team
1: and that's his right it is you know that, that's his right he wants to do that that's fine look, i like what young guys play for the teams over the summer i feel like it helps him well listen it might help him as long as he doesn't get hurt yeah, well, you know what i mean but the point is when guys do that that's their right it would be pretty selfish of you i mean look these guys are investments you know what i mean they are property for lack of a better term so if i'm james dolan or mark cuban or whoever i want my investment to be protected too and when a guy laces up his sneakers and he goes out there to play for his country over the summer, he's putting his health and his body at risk. You know what I mean? So I understand both sides of the equation, but if I were the Knicks, I probably wouldn't want him to play either, but tell you what,
0: I'd probably want him to show up for his damn exit interview. Yeah, that's fair, No, He should have. And now there's, there's also talk that he's going to be away from New York City almost all summer.
1: Well, he better come back with 10 to 15 more pounds of muscle. And a
0: post-game. And a post-game. How about a jump hook? And some lower body strength. He better come back. A jump and hook improve. Would, what do you think a jump hook, jump hook would be nice? It would be nice. Even though it's a little old school, but I'm not saying sky hook. Jump hook. Nothing wrong with that. So there's, there's a... No, go ahead. No, uh, there's just uh, I I don't know and I, 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 I don't even know what Knicks are trying to do this summer. Like, you know how some summers for any sport, you know what that team is trying to do. So, like, let's say you're a Mets fan. You, if you're going to SNY website, like, you're probably a big Mets fan. You know the Mets are doing whatever it takes to get back to the World Series this year, right? hmm The Yankees are trying to get young. Um, the New York football giants, they're trying to be as best as they can. The Jet, your Jets, no idea. It's obvious what the Knicks are doing. So, it's is obvious. it? Is it's it very, it's, is it's, really obvious? It's, it's quite obvious. So, it's a, now it's a full rebuild. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. So, you have three years of the job, and now it's a full rebuild.
1: Y- yes. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Unbelievable. Carmelo Anthony is out of here. Phil's going to get the max return that he can for Carmelo, whatever that may be. You're heading into the draft now, which is a great segue, because the ties have been broken. So the Knicks, as it currently stands, are going to likely end up with the seventh pick in the draft. You can definitely get a player of value at the number seven pick. Without a doubt. They're going to go into the summer. Probably not going to re-sign Derrick Rose. I wouldn't... Uh, I would they'll not... talk glowingly about Derrick Rose. Come and... man.
0: Okay, you're not... You're not taking that serious. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. They, they're gonna trade Courtney Lee or try to. They would love to trade Joe
0: No. Noah. What you wanna keep what anybody you, touching him. He is under contract. Wouldn't Courtney Lee be a solid guy to keep on the team as a good vet, plays hard, he's still a good basketball?
1: Maybe, player. maybe, but I think a guy like Courtney Lee, see so the thing is you have to be concerned about the the disruption that he might be in the locker room. Yeah. Because a guy like Courtney Lee wants to win. Yeah, Courtney Lee doesn't play. want to be nobody's babysitter. He doesn't want to be in a locker room with 21, 22-year-olds yeah, teaching fun. them how to win in the NBA. Yep, you're you right. know what I mean? And, he, and he's, he's a guy who's attached to a reasonable contract that you could send somewhere and get some decent pieces back. But anyway, so that's the plan. The plan is going to be to ship out what you can, try to move Joe Kim Noah, that's not going to happen. Not happening. And go into summer with your number seven pick and the cap space that you're going to have And just try to bring in some younger pieces. So let's talk about the draft real quick.
0: Wait, before we get to the draft, so with all the... You just mentioned cap space. What are you going after? So you're not going after veterans, then. What are you going after with that cap space? Well, I think you're going to be going after young guys
1: that have promise. So a guy that immediately comes to mind would be a guy like Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, right? The problem with guys like that is the gross majority of them are going to be restricted free agents. And what we've been seeing... You saw it last season with Alan Crabb of the Portland Trailblazers you go out there and you, you make a, a max offer to a guy who's restricted, yeah. his incumbent team is probably going to match, usually. especially as the NBA salary cap continues to spike over the next couple of years.
0: The team usually always matches.
1: Right. So the seventh pick, that right there now, that is a place where the, Knick can, the Knicks can actually get some value. So just real quick, and let's just talk about this for a minute. So the tie was broken. The Knicks ended the season with the same record as the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Coin flip, Knicks lost the flip. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Knicks lose, right? Who saw that coming? Yeah. So, what happens now is the Knicks get the seventh lottery slot. Alright? But, let's remember, this thing is a lottery. Could still get one. They could still end up with the number could one Could get ten. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. What, you don't know. Yep. You don't know how it's gonna work. Yep. But, just, just a beacon of hope for Knicks fans. In 2008, The Chicago Bulls ended the season with the ninth worst record in the league. Okay? In 2014, the Cleveland Cavaliers ended the season with the ninth worst record in the league. Each of those teams entered the lottery with 17 out of 1,000 chances of securing the top overall pick. And guess what? Each of those teams ended up winning the lottery and won the rights to the number one overall pick. So in 2008, the Chicago Bulls, the winner, they used that to select Derrick Rose. In 2014, the Cleveland Cavaliers used their number one overall pick to draft Andrew Wiggins, who they flipped for Kevin Love, who eventually helped them win a championship. So the point is this. Even though the Knicks sit at number seven in lottery position, they could still end up with the number one, the number two, or the number three overall pick. Just like the Lakers did to yeah. them when they got yeah. Porzingis. When the Lakers right? jumped. The Lakers too. had the fourth worst record and the fourth best odds of winning, but they swapped with the Knicks. They ended up taking what should have been the Knicks' second overall pick, and the Knicks fell back to number four. So a so, lot can happen. So a lot a lot can Nothing happen. Nothing is guaranteed. A lot can happen. Nothing is guaranteed. Thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, so and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. And I just I, I really wanna see what happens. This Carmelo thing, he's yet to make a real statement. He uh Made an Instagram post with a photo of Leonardo DiCaprio after Phil talked. So we still got to see what happens with this. I mean, here's the thing, Moke. Does, does it go into the summer? Does Melo make a statement tomorrow saying he's definitely going to leave? We, we need a... Even though we all think, and it's most likely he will leave, we need an official resolution. So we can't... We or the Knicks cannot move forward until we have a, an official resolution. To well, this. well, I mean, it's going to... When do you need an official resolution so, by? You July need, one. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't.
1: think I don't you not care. Need a... I mean, I don't care. I just... Nah. I, I don't. I, I don't think you need well, a residential a... training camp opens in in from, September. From Mello?
0: Yeah. But here, so is, now said, I'm cool. If Mello stays. I root for him. But here's the thing, Mo. If Mello's on, if Mello's technically still a Nick, you know, August 29th, 30th, it's gonna be drama all summer. It's going to be, you're going to have, like, you know, Ian Bagley ca- camping outside Melo's apartment. <laughs> like, yo, Melo, you leaving or what? Why, why are you worried <laughs> about where Ian spent his time, though? If that's what Ian got to do, <laughs> let Ian do oh, his I'm job. Oh, I'm not hating, and he should. <laughs> so, it would be, if, if Mello's going to leave, it would be better if they do it faster rather than let it go all summer and have drama because... I disagree with you. Okay, so what if you're getting a free agent? And the free agent's like, maybe the free agent wants to play with Melo. We're
1: going to trade him. Okay. Tell the free agent yeah. he's not going all right, to be here. That's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what Phil can't do after trading away Tyson Chandler and Iman Shepard and Jay, he can't trade Carmelo Anthony away for pennies on a dollar. He can't. He gotta get some decent return for Carmelo Anthony. All I, I think one way or another, all Phil Jackson needs to do is know what's gonna happen with Carmelo by the time the draft comes around. Okay. Because if because Car- everyone, you know back to the draft, right? But everyone talking about, you know, the point guard situation, the backcourt, blah, blah, blah. People look at the, the loaded point guard class with, with Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball and Dennis Smith and these guys, right? And say, oh, well, it would be great if the Knicks could get one of those guys. Listen, if the Knicks are married to the triangle, I don't know that picking a dynamic, explosive point guard is actually what Phil Jackson wants to oh, do. That's what scares me. Which is why months ago, I said I wouldn't be surprised if Phil traded the pick. But if you are going to trade Carmelo Anthony, this draft at the top is very, very deep at
0: point guard. Could a trade happen draft night? Could it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It
1: absolutely could, especially when you talk about a team like Portland. You know what I mean? It definitely could happen draft night. But aside from point guard, the draft is also pretty deep at the top at the small forward position. And if you're going to move Carmelo Anthony out, or if you've decided you're going to trade Carmelo Anthony, look, man, Josh Jackson, kid looks like he can play. He's being projected by some people to go as high as number two taking that spot away from Lonzo Ball. Jason Tatum from Duke. Nice, young, good, small forward that Phil might think could fit in his triangle. Jonathan Isaac from Florida State. You know what I mean? There's there's a couple of small forwards out there in the draft. So for me, Ant, I think Phil needs to take his time, but I just think as as the draft approaches and even as the draft combine, which is set to begin in a few weeks in Chicago, when those times start rolling around, Phil needs to have already known what he's going to do with Carmelo. That's when it gets really important.
0: Yeah, there, there's listen, there's definitely a lot to watch if you're a Knicks fan. There, if, you, if you're just a fan of drama, there's a lot to watch the next few weeks. I mean, weeks, there, the there, week. there always is, right? You know, so I, I still leave. When is there not? And I'm still leaving that 15 to 20% on the table that he says, you're not trading me. It's, it's a small percentage. I'm just saying, I'm leaving it on the table.
1: Man, that would be, that would, I think that would be such a disaster.
0: I think for Carmelo's
1: sake, like, he just got to move on, man. You know, like, he's not getting any younger. Oh, I agree. You know agree. what I mean? Like, I said, listen, 15, 20%. Carmelo, he, he, it was his birthday's in May. I he Yeah, be remember. 33. Yeah, he's, you know what I mean? He's about to be 33. Old man. for a basketball player. It's time, it's time to move on, there. There. you know? Yeah, so, it is. Put it this way. Is. The Clippers, the Thunder, the Trailblazers, and the Cavaliers. One of those teams might win the championship, but odds are three of those we can almost say are definitely not going to win. Well, There's going to be three real good options. If yeah. you want to put Boston on the table, you know what I mean? Like, th- there is a deal to be had for Carmelo if he just has an open mind and resolves to to move on. And, and I think wanna, at this point you that's what you don't want to, to,
0: like, do. spend the last few years of your career every mid-April, you know, not being in the playoffs. So you, you don't want that. So it's definitely going to be very interesting. It'll be a lot of fun or stress, or depending on where you fall. But it's definitely going to be... Very, very interesting. I agree, man. we got to wait and see what happens. Well, let's go around the league as we do every week right here on the Knicks Blog Podcast. And I'm going to start with the Celtics Bulls series. And I'm going to start with the Bulls, actually. And Dan Levitard always says this on his radio show. He talks about how, like, even though we'll all do it, we'll do it it until we don't have a microphone in front of us anymore. We love to make predictions. And so so many times you're wrong, you're right, but it is fun. So before the season started, a lot of people predicted the Bulls to not be good. I thought they'd be very good because I just looked at the names in the roster. I don't care. They didn't shoot threes. And they started out pretty good. Then they were awful all season, and now they're up 2-0 on the Celtics, playing really good basketball. I mean, Rondo – now, we just found out Rondo got hurt, playing really good basketball, and now they have a chance to go up three 0 on the Celtics. It's just – it's amazing. Dwayne Wade's playing well. Jimmy Butler's playing like the Jimmy Butler of two years ago. But now Rondo's out. So, I'm not really sure what's going to happen now with Rondo out, but it just shows – It just shows, that's why I hate when people say, what does an eight seed matter? No, you always do what you can to get in. That's the moral of that story.
1: I agree. Well said. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks for my Around the League. And for much of the same reasons as you, right? The the Bucks team I've been very, very high on. You have been, yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you don't know how to say his name, learn how to say his name. Not you, but if you don't know how to say it, learn how to say it because you're going to be saying it a lot over the next 10 years. (laughs) This kid is an absolute stud. He is a phenom. He is amazing. And if the if the Bucs beat the Raptors in the first round, Musayu Jiri got to pull that plug yeah. in Toronto. Why, we did
0: the, why did the Raptors forget how to play basketball in the playoffs? I, I don't know. Or, I don't know. It's I don't really know. But this weird. thing may have run its course up. Listen,
1: I got a lot of love for Toronto. We the North and all that, baby. Old Canada. Yep. I speak French, too. So I love, I, I love y'all. But if they get bounced in the first round, we're going to have to do a reevaluation of everything that's going on there. Milwaukee is a team that's going to be reckoned with the Eastern Conference for many years to come. And the most amazing thing about them, they're doing it without Jabari Parker. Yeah. I'm tired of talking about, oh, well, when Jabari gets healthy. Oh, if Jabari
0: stays in shape. Look, he needs to just go ahead and do it. But anyhow, he can't. I forgot about Jabari. Actually, I was watching the game last night. I watched almost the whole game, and I, I think I forgot about Jabari listen, Parker. Because he wasn't if- even mentioned on the broadcast. Listen
1: if he can come around and if he can be 75% of the grant hill reincarnation that we believe he is they're going to be a real dangerous team especially as the sun sets LeBron's career so look out for them bucks man because with the greek freak they are a team to be reckoned with over the next 10 years in the eastern conference
0: now speaking of the greek freak do you know who's doing the play by play for the bucks series uh be this you know, so i mean perfect i mean i ah. he had a he had a he almost, I think, wore his Unto the Kumpo jersey to the game. I mean, he is the pride of the Greek broadcasters, Spiro Ditas. Whenever I need a good Greek restaurant, I just text Spiro and he tells me where to go in New York. Hey, man, go out to Astoria. Yeah, that's, yep, always Astoria when I need some Greek food. So, um, yeah, here we are. Here we are, Moke. Here we are. Final words? Uh, final words, um, well, it's been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, um, I wish that the Knicks, you know, were a little bit better as far as yeah, being better when more to talk about would be a lot more fun over the years to talk about what seed they're going to be and if we win game five, you know, game six is at 8 p.m. But unfortunately, the last three years since we started the show, we have not been able to have those conversations. But it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody for listening. All the tweets obviously, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Anthony MSG. Um, I'm not going anywhere, you'll, you know, I got I'll, I'll be making some moves over the next few weeks or month or Probably by the summer, but uh, I'm not going anywhere. Moke's obviously not going anywhere. He has his basketball insider stuff. And it's just been a lot of fun doing the show with you. We've had a ton of fun, ton of great memories, laughs, great guests, awesome interviews, great working with Jason. Jason Pateri, our wonderful producer, and I'll, I'll throw a uh, – the microphone to you.
1: All right. Well, let me first off, let me just say first and foremost, I'm happy that you stopped plugging the damn Snapchat with the
0: MSGG. It's still... Follow me at Anthony <laughs> MSGG. Well, because Instagram... ain't make no sense from Insta- the beginning. Instagram got Snapchat now, basically. So uh, I don't... I, I don't care.
1: I'm just, happy. <laughs> I'm just happy I don't have to... That was such a ridiculous idea <laughs> in the first place. I'm happy I don't have to hear you say MSGG anymore. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely been, been a lot of fun, man. I think we've created some some very good programming, Uh, definitely some good memories, you know. On a personal note, I think our friendship has become a lot stronger working together on the show, so I'm very, very grateful to have have had that opportunity with you. Very grateful to have worked with a fine producer like Jason Pateri over the years. Doing the Nick's blog slash TKB podcast has definitely been a lot of fun. And for Nick fans, you know, I would just say keep your head up, man. You oh, know, do. Phil Phil is going to be here for two more years. Oh. I don't think you can really judge him or the job that he has done until the five-year tenure is up, because he came in with Carmelo Anthony here, and from the from the time Carmelo came to the Knicks, there were people that felt like he was not capable of being the Batman on a championship team. You know what I mean? So if Phil came here believing that, well, now Phil ship him out and let's see if you can. And do he shouldn't that have signed him in 2014. You know I mean? Well, you know, you could you could argue that, but. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun interacting yes. with everybody. You know what I mean? I've definitely loved the time here with you, Ant, doing the show. And with that, man, you know, I will say that, you know, stay tuned in to basketballinsiders.com. That's where you can find me and most of my league-wide work, at Moke Hamilton on Twitter. You can also catch me every so often on Saturday and or Sunday morning on ESPN New York, 98.7 FM, alongside Anita Marks. And with that, Ant, Let's go down to Suprema, man, go get a couple of slices.
0: Well, since you brought up Suprema, I got to bring up one more thing for Pizza Suprema, 31st and 8th Best Pizza in New York City. They have a new slice, (laughs) Moke. It's the upside down Fa Diablo. Oh, wow. Look at this. That looks crazy. Yeah. All right, so let's go get one right now. Yeah. Let's go get one right now. It's like $100 per piece of pepperoni on this slice. (laughs) So trust me, go get it. Listen, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody at SNY. Thanks to our producer, Jason Pateri, Matt Cerrone, everybody else here. Smoke, it's been real. See you guys soon. Have a good one, everybody. Take care.
1: This has been the Knicks Blog Podcast, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.